This is it right here. Combining a team of reporters, columnists, and commentators. Don't you ever talk about me! Are you serious? Jack Ebling has brought thought-provoking discussion. What are you doing? That's a damn coaching mistake. Opinion. The customer is the one who decides when the future gets here. Oh, no! The ship is on fire! You have to check the report. Are you kidding me? That game was fixed. And overall infotainment. I'll take Jim Harbaugh. What has he done? Crazy cooter coming at you. Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Thanks, big fella. Don't you ever come back here again. No arguments. Those are called ass tunes. So buckle up. You talking to me? It's time for The Drive with Jack Ebling. Yeah, for some reason or another... You sound a little taller on radio. Great afternoon in Michigan and beyond, and welcome to The Drive with Jack. It is the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Evelyn here with my producer today, Alex Heward, and I am in beautiful San Diego, California. Didn't realize, Alex, that it was going to be 11 degrees cooler here than it is in mid-Michigan today, but it is gorgeous. 64 degrees. And we have a packed show planned for you, including a great installment of Growing Green, a football family with Mark D'Antonio and three of his former players. But we want to start out talking about the Armed Forces Classic that is tomorrow, 6.30 tip here in mid-Michigan, and that is 3.30 on the ship. And want to welcome in Michigan State Assistant Coach Whoa, Jake. Doug, how are you? Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me. Doing well, thanks. Well, I would think that anything involving the Armed Forces Classic is something that you could relate to back from your days at the Naval Academy as a point guard for David Robinson. Of course. I mean, uh, I, I did serve on ships, so uh, there's certainly different things you can do in the military and certainly the Navy and the Marine Corps because the Navy and the Marine Corps uh, kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. I don't know if a lot of people realize that uh, if you're a Naval Academy graduate, about 20% of the class goes to goes into the Marine Corps. So I'll be able to relate. I'm, I'm really anxious to kind of watch the kids, the players' reaction uh, yeah. when we go on, the, go on the ship here in about two hours. I can tell you from 2011 that that was the highlight. I mean, seeing basketball on the boat was something else. Uh, having the president there and talking to the media was something else. But to see the looks on the troops' faces, uh, it was incredible to see the tears when they watched the teams practice. And there was a guy, Doug, who had bought a shoe, I want to say on eBay. It was a Michigan State basketball shoe. And his wife had breast cancer. And he wanted to get this shoe autographed by Tom Izzo, and then he was going to sell it. And when Izzo found out about that, he nearly adopted the serviceman and uh, brought him over. He had everyone sign it. And uh, when the guy left, uh, he was in tears. I don't know how much he got for the shoe, but it was a day he will never forget. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a special time because obviously the U.S. naval aircraft carrier is a security sensitive area. So not many people get yeah. to do what we're about to do. So, um, 
in that sense, you know, people have asked me, well, about the Navy. Well, I left the Navy 30 years ago. It's not like I, you know, go visit <laughs> ships every month because I don't have the clearance to do that. So it's That's just right. a special opportunity for the for our team and our fan base and just everything, everyone, just to, to be a part of this. And, and for me, it's it's kind of threefold. It's the Navy. It's uh, Tom Izzo and my mentor and uh, another great friend of mine in, in Mark Few, where I spent a year and our kids yeah. have grown up together. And So it's a really special thing. And then, of course, my wife was stationed in San, San Diego, right, right on the air base at the Naval Air mm-hmm. Station here where the uh, carrier is located. So, um, you know, it's it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I would say the only other person who knows Tom Izzo and Mark Few, as well as you, might be Judd Heathcote, uh, having mm-hmm. mentored mm-hmm. for 12 years and then uh, having lunch regularly with Mark Few in Spokane. What similarities do you see with the two of them besides great records? Well, I mean, just, just running great programs. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, Tom in, in the Michigan State situation, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of build it and then maintain it for these 28 years is, is certainly no small task. And then, of course, Mark, uh, I try to do the same thing at Tulsa that Mark's done at, at Gonzaga, and I won, and yet it's really hard to do, guys. He's never not played in the NCAA tournament. He's now think about it. He's never not played in the NCAA tournament. You can say, ah, it's conference, this and that. No, he has built this thing in Spokane, Washington, Spokane, Washington, into a national power, which is just an amazing, enormous task. Yeah. Uh, there was a point, Doug, when <laughs> people thought of Gonzaga as a mid major. Those days are long gone regardless of the conference, and it's hard to imagine a season now when Gonzaga doesn't start in the top ten. Exactly. And, and you know, it's just like any good company. Uh, I mean, how do you maintain it, right? I mean, there's there's highs, there's lows. Uh, um, you, you've got to have the right people around you. And that entire town, I mean, what Mark Few has done for the city of Spokane is enormous. What he's done for eastern Washington as a state is enormous. And so I feel like Coach and, and he, in that sense, you know, Coach is bigger than – Coach is, when I talk about him, I, I refer to him as Coach. I mean, Coach is bigger than just Michigan State basketball. And Mark Few is just he's bigger than just Gonzaga basketball. Now, they won't say that. They're both very humble that way, but uh, both deserve equal credit. Um, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of mid-major programs around the country. Their fan bases, their – their administration, their board of directors uh, think that they can do that and, dep- and duplicate it, and it's impossible to do. The first year that Gonzaga went to the NCAA tournament, uh, that was a Dan Munson-led team. And then Mark took over from there and uh, just kept ratcheting it up higher and higher. And a lot of people think that uh, Gonzaga has a chance to be in a national championship game, certainly in the final four again this year, which is not unusual. What do you expect to see from this Gonzaga team? We know about Drew Timmy. What else can you tell us? Well, they've got good players everywhere. I mean, Nolan Hickman, the point guard, the five-star recruit, initially committed to Kentucky. Uh, Hunter Salas from Omaha, Nebraska, is five-star recruit. 
Uh, Anton Watson, kind of cool thing there. Anton Watson is a Gonzaga prep kid. Been there four years. My son, Paxson, my oldest, was in the ninth grade with him at Gonzaga Prep, and they played. They both played on the same AAU team. John Stockton was their coach, so right. he's an experienced player. Um, so they've got talent. They've got rated kids. Uh, they've got supreme offense on game day. I was there for a year. They expect to win every game, um, and I think they have the size and length to kind of live up to expectations. Um, as they kind of grow through their season as well. It's funny when you talk about John Stockton. Uh, we have so many ties with yeah. a matchup like this. And uh, I know that when these teams have met before, Judd Eatcoat's uh, got a good seat looking down on it. But the idea that you might have the two greatest point guards in basketball history growing up in those communities in Irvin Johnson and John Stockton. Yeah, that that is amazing. And, of course, I think you referred to it earlier. I mean, the connection with Judd. I mean, Judd was a high school coach in Spokane. So he, yeah. he, he, he retires in Michigan State and he goes back to Spokane. So there is history there. There's history between Mark and Tom in, in a very good way. And, and then, of course, you know, with my just being fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, having worked at both. And then when you think of the Stockton Magic situation, I mean, it's just – you know, they're small communities that uh, are basketball communities, and um, the parallels are, are very similar. One, you know, obviously one being a Big Ten program and one being right. a, a West Coast Conference program. But, you know, uh, Magic and John and certainly Judd tied all together for us. We're talking with Doug Wojcik, a Michigan State assistant coach. He's worn a lot of hats. He's been a head coach at Tulsa for both of these head coaches and their programs. Doug, when we look at what we're going to see tomorrow, and mm-hmm. playing on a ship, the sight lines are even more different, I would guess, than they are when you're in an NCAA tournament in a dome. Uh, what do you have to do? It's not like you have a lot of practice time over there. Yeah, we're going over there here, here shortly, and we'll figure it out. You know, I can't really speak to it because I've never done it yet. So yeah. I don't know. Um, and... Um, you know, we'll just kind of see how it is. Obviously, the sun. When we're, we're actually practicing on on the court at 4:30, which will be game time tomorrow. So it'll be yeah. interesting that we're, we we've got that time frame to do it. We're going to have Austin Thornton on with us uh, a little bit later, and I would guess that he would know more than anyone since he was a co-captain of the team that played on the carrier. Austin. You, you broke up. You, you're talking to Austin. Yeah, I say uh, Austin yeah. Gordon would probably know better than anyone because he was a co-captain of that team yeah. in 2012. Yeah. Right? yeah, and I mean he he does. But coach coach was there too, so you know coach yeah. you know yeah. gets up there and speaks to his experience. And then I think Austin's done a nice job with our players, like privately, in talking about it. And uh, there's an excitement, you know. There's an excitement with our managers. You know, our trainer, I mean, just everyone. I mean, who, who gets to do this? Um, we're grateful. We're blessed. We're fortunate that we're able to do it. So uh, take it all in. Um, and, and, you know, we'll probably just love the tour of the ship we're getting here shortly and and then be excited to play. Um, I like where our team is. Uh, you know, having to go to Tennessee and scrimmage was a very, very good thing for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
learning from the Grand Valley game and taking it to the Northern Arizona game. I think we're getting better defensively, um, which is really important. And, uh, you know, roles are being defined as we go. And it's always great to know what the roles are. When you know your role, you accept your role, then you have a special team. Well, let's talk for a minute about your role this year and with Dwayne Stevens taking over as the head coach at Western Michigan and nearly stung Minnesota the other night, losing by a point in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're taking over a lot of the work with the bigs, I understand. And uh, what is that like? I love it. I've always enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's it's funny just having played with the college player of the year in a David Robinson. I was a point guard that understood what my role was, and I threw it into him and another kid that uh, was the second leading scorer in school history, uh, a guy named Vernon Butler. So I understand the value of post play. Uh, I've always enjoyed post play. I thought Matt Doherty in my career taught me a lot about coaching post play. At North Carolina and Notre Dame, we had Troy Murphy and Brendan Haywood and Chris Lang and Julius Peppers. So I learned a lot there. And for me, the value, the sense of purpose, the growth, the learning, uh, I really enjoy that. Um, So I've got three guys for the most part. I've got Monty Sissoko, I've got Jackson Kohler, and and, and Carson Cooper, and I love all of them. I think they're all talented, and I think they listen very, very well. And uh, we're a work in progress but we certainly enjoy each other. And uh, I just find just a great sense of purpose every day with those guys. So I've enjoyed it. Doug, uh, Matty has not missed a shot thus far uh, in the exhibition game of Grand Valley and the opening win over Northern Arizona. What's the biggest improvement in his game? Yeah, to me, Zach, I mean, everyone wants to judge the game, even you right now, about offense. So I'm a little down on you right now. So, um, you know, the game is played at two ends. This is not football. We don't have a defense, and and we play eight seconds, and now we go to the next down. We don't – it's not football and offense. It's it's a transitional game. So where I want Marty to improve is his balance. I want him to improve as a potential elite defender. Uh, yeah. I want to improve him as a an elite rebounder with balance. So um, all those things are sort of coming together. Uh, if he can get a ball screen roll dunk at the rim, fantastic. If he can get yeah. a nice jump hook, fantastic. If he can get a drop-off pass in the dunker spot on the baseline, fantastic. More than anything else offensively, catch the ball and, and do those things, but also be able to make your free throws. Right. And then we'll go right. from there. You know, we'll go from there. It's a, Monty's got three years left with us. Um, he's a fantastic human being. His journey is just an unbelievable story. Um, so uh, those are the things we're concentrating on. We're, we're, you know, we're not concentrating on, oh, man, he's really progressing. He's going to shoot the three-point shot. You know, right. I, I, I could care less about that. It's, it's the little things, and particularly the defense and the rebounding. If he can do his job there, you know, I think our team has a real, real chance. Well, you mentioned balance, and I think that's something that can help them stay out of foul trouble, uh, which could be a concern. But he hasn't been in foul trouble, Jack. Yeah. So let's not even talk about foul trouble. Okay. He's played in, <laughs> he's played in four games now. or I'm sorry, three games. Tennessee, uh, Tennessee scrimmage, Grand Valley exhibition, 
and um, and then the, the opener against Northern Arizona. So I don't think that should even be part of his narrative. Now, foul trouble okay. with any team, foul trouble with any team is an issue. If Drew Timmy gets in foul trouble, Gonzaga's in trouble. So, but I don't want the narrative to be Marty fouls all the time because the truth is when he's played big minutes, and this is the only year that he's played big minutes, mm-hmm. he has not been in foul trouble. So he's done a very, very good job. That is a that is a major piece of progress from say last year to this year. In fact, you know, played him at Tennessee twenty eight minutes just to see. He's never done it. Let me just see what my thoroughbred does here, right? Like let it let him go. And guess what? He played twenty eight minutes with four fouls. So that was a that might be something someone else doesn't even think about. But for me, that was a small victory for us as a team. And for him personally, well, he's not going to have to play forty minutes, as you nope. said. And Jackson nope. Kohler coming in as a freshman seems very coachable. He got some coaching the other night, and uh, he also has some things that uh, you don't have to teach him as far as post moves. But as Tom was saying, you can't just try to do that. You got to get the ball out and get it back in, and some of the other nuances of the college game. How's he progressing? Uh, he's doing a great job. He, he absolute sincere effort. Uh, terrific listener. It's important to him. Competitive. Has great hands. You know, as far as running the floor, he's done what we've asked him to do. We understand that that's the thing that he has to improve the most, sliding his feet defensively. But more than anything else, the effort is there, the desire is there, the interest is there, and the passion is there. So he'll get there. Uh, you know, Drew Timmy by yourself is a real true task. He's going to probably take 20 shots tomorrow. Um, but, uh, you know, the only time you can really get mad is if somebody's really – they don't care and they're not listening and they're not trying. Right. And Jackson Kohler, man, he's trying. And, uh, and so is Carson Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I have I have high high expectations for Carson Cooper. High high. I mean, I've been around the game for 32 years, and that's a kid that's low maintenance, takes it all in, and has tremendous talent. And he's going to be a good player as well. So we have a three-headed monster, and yeah. if someone plays small on us, we can play Joey or Malik at the five if we have to. Tom has mentioned uh, Carson Cooper as well, and what a great athlete he seems to be, all the other things he can do with mm-hmm. throwing the football and the jet skis and everything else. So uh, his best basketball is definitely well ahead of him. But for these centers, Doug, it's hard to imagine a, a much more daunting task uh, than opening up against Drew Timmy and Oscar Shibway. And then you talk mm-hmm. to Jackson Kohler, and he's counting down the days, so – I don't think he's going to be intimidated. Well, no. I mean, there's a lot to learn. I mean, why, why shouldn't a kid be excited? If this has been your dream, you know, regardless of who you play, he's excited for the opener as well. But it just happens to be these great challenges here initially in the season, which is going to make us better for Big Ten play come, you know, December, January, and February. Doug, last thing uh, before we let you go, I appreciate all your time today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michigan State's recruiting class, I know you have a lot to do with that, mm-hmm. ranked second, third, I think the lowest I've seen anywhere was fifth. And uh, Tom had a, a video, usually has a press conference, but this week we understood why that couldn't happen. Yep. Uh, talking about the class, the members of the class, and 
Uh, he's told me he thinks this might be as good a four-player class as he's had. Yeah, we're really pleased. I mean, Mark Montgomery's done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, he and I, you know, uh, were together uh, in '03 to '05, and then last year with DJ, things started then, and, and uh, you know, it all came together for us. We got a little bit of everything. Uh, we're very, very pleased. I think uh, our approach. We talk recruiting a lot. Uh, Thomas Kelly and John Borovich. I mean, we're we're always talking and communicating and sharing information, which has just been fantastic. And um, it led to this class, and hopefully, it leads to you know future great classes. But you know, everyone needs to understand that we're trying to put the pieces of the puzzle to a good team, a great team together. And um, each one of these young men is a very nice piece to what we already have and what we already think that we'll, we'll have next year and we retain going forward. Especially, as you've heard time and time again from Tom, in a, in a very uncertain world of the transfer portal and the yeah. NIL. So we feel good about them. We feel good about their families. We just feel good about they are our culture guys besides their talent. And it's a decision that was made, and uh, he is certainly, I guess, when you have a recruiting class like that, uh, the choice not to go into the transfer portal uh, looks even better. We're talking with Doug Wojcik. Doug, thanks so much okay. for your thanks, time. Jack. Okay, we'll see, see you buddy. tomorrow I gotta go. on the USS Abraham Lincoln and next Tuesday in Indianapolis. We'll be right back. Growing Green, a football family. We're talking about episode 18 in a 19-part series, and we're going to start with Mark D'Antonio. We'll be right back on The Drive with Jack. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.